Live from sunny California, it's your boy Addison, man. We are back with another episode of From the Jump. It's great to be with you today. It's a Wednesday. It's sunny in California today. Beautiful day outside. If you're on the East Coast right now, it's sunny today. It's hot. Where y'all at in the East Coast? Chi-Town, New York, Philly. Where y'all at? Let me know something. Magic Johnson yesterday speaking with LA Media. Take a listen to what Magic Johnson had to say. We don't know what people are going to decide to do, and we can't control that. So if guys decide not to come here, it's not a failure. We turn to next summer. Next summer, if nobody comes and I'm still sitting here like this, then it's a failure. It's like I told you before I took the job and when I took the job. It's gonna be a two summer thing for the Lakers. This summer and next summer. And that's it. And then if I can't deliver, I'm gonna step down myself. She won't have to fire me. I'll step away from it. Either Magic is playing coy at this point and he knows that he has Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and or LeBron James on the way, and or DeMarcus Cousins potentially. Or he's at the point where he really feels like if I cannot get one of these guys, I'm stepping down. Now, the whole point I thought of being the president of basketball operations was to bring the Lakers back to center fold. We got to understand the Lakers were 35 and 47 last season. They finished 11th in the West behind the Clippers and the Nuggets two veteran teams that both of those teams really it took them all the way down to the last couple games to decide whether or not they were going to the playoffs or not they finished 35 and 47 without any superstars with who being their best player all season last year i'm gonna say lonzo ball but on the court julius Randle was the best player on the court last season for the lakers and he should be compensated as such but by magic saying this it made me feel a different way, especially being a Lakers fan, knowing that, okay, we have an opportunity to potentially land LeBron James, or you have an opportunity to potentially land Paul George. We don't have time for you to be thinking, well, if I can't get him, then I'm going to step down. She don't have to fire me. That's an excuse. That's what that sounds like to me. It's already laying the foundation, laying the platform that, hey, if I can't get any of these two guys, I'll step away. Jeannie Buss hired you with the expectation that, you know what? You're going to get us back to where we need to be because of the fact that you're Magic Johnson. You are going to be able to get these free agents. Win, lose, or draw, it's not over. It's not the end of the world. The Lakers are not able to get LeBron James or the Lakers are not able to get Paul George. It's not the end of the world. We got to understand this team is built for greatness going forward. This is a young roster with Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. This is a young roster. You put Julius Randle back with this young team. You have a young core, a young nucleus to build with going forward with. The only person on your books at this point who's making anything remotely in double digits is Lou Alding. And that's the issue that the Lakers are having at this point is trying to find something to do with Lou Alding. If he ain't going to be on the roster, we need to get him off the books. So when I look at Magic Johnson saying this, I'm like, it's not a bust. Let's say you don't get a LeBron or you don't get Paul George. Will you be upset? Would you be Would you be upset settling for a guy, let's just say, like a Jabari Parker maybe? Or would you be upset with settling for somebody like Tyreek Evans? I'm saying these are the realities of the situation if you cannot get a LeBron or Paul George. Because what you don't want to do is if you're the Lakers, you don't want to show LeBron your whole hand and now he knows my hand and then he ends up staying with the Cavs or then he ends up going with the Clippers or for some reason he decides to go to Houston or for some reason he decides to go to Philly and or whatever other team, Miami for that matter. That would be a cause for concern. 
So if I'm the Lakers, I can't just tell everything that I'm doing. I can't just come out and say all players are available for trade. Then that doesn't show any continuity going forward. Because what if LeBron only signs for two years? You're willing to trade Lonzo. You're willing to trade Ingram. You're willing to trade your core pieces for one of these guys that they've already shown you. Loyalty doesn't exist in the league anymore. It's about the players. It's not about the organizations. So if you're in an organization, you have to be careful when you're trading for these guys because now they're playing the rent a team where they're going to different teams. So are you okay if you don't get one of these two guys? The Lakers will be just fine if they don't get a LeBron or Paul George. And Magic Johnson, the show should still go on. As I said last year, I felt like our problem was what? Free throw shooting, and I felt like it was three-point shooting. You correct those two, I think the Lakers are our playoff team. You add shooters around Lonzo Ball, we saw what it was able to do for Ben Simmons. They were able to go to the playoff. But the way Magic Johnson is talking, I feel like the Lakers know they're getting LeBron. But you could very well lose this, and you could very well mess up this entire situation, sabotage it. And I feel like every day, the Lakers are doing something more and more to like mess this whole thing up. It's almost like you know you're getting drafted number one. You're just sitting there waiting, just, okay, I'm waiting for the day. Are you waiting for July 1st to happen so you can announce your decision? Like, what, what more do we, what more clues do we need? Now, Richard Jefferson publicly came out and said he is sick and tired of asking where LeBron James will play. Now, he went on his social media account to Snapchat where he released the message, pretty much breaking up with LeBron James, if you will. Let me read you what Richard Jefferson said. This is right from his Snapchat. You can go online and you can look at it. It says, it is with great remorse that I am writing this. After many years as a peer and many years as a friend and a teammate, I have decided to end my friendship with LeBron James. I am saying this publicly so that the fans and media members can please stop asking me where he is going in free agency. I don't know. My family doesn't know. And neither do my kids. Unfortunately, I live in Los Angeles, so the questions are unavoidable. But hopefully this helps clear things up. Truth be told, I never liked the guy. He works too hard and it makes the rest of us look bad. He's my son's favorite player. And I view that as complete betrayal of how hard I've worked to put a roof over his head. I'm sorry having to give this Drake response, but I feel like this is the best way to address the issue that I'm clearly losing also. I wish everyone the best of luck in free agency teams and players. Oh, and the Channing Fry. He put a middle finger in there, Channing Fry also, just because. Now this came from Richard Jefferson's Instagram, I'm sorry, Snapchat account. Now, I was confused by the post because I had thought, you know, Richard Jefferson and LeBron James were good friends, good teammates. They did win a championship together. You know, he almost kind of kick-started Richard Jefferson road tripping by giving him, you know, free access, free interviews. So he really kind of put Richard Jefferson's podcast on the map as far as from a, a global standpoint. But seeing this kind of confused me because I was like, okay, well, he's co publicly coming out saying he doesn't want to be friends with LeBron anymore, but it almost kind of feels like this is smokescreen of some sort. Why would Richard Jefferson have to come out publicly and say he doesn't want to be friends with LeBron? If you don't want to be friends with a guy, just don't talk to him. Just don't text him anymore. Don't hit him up. You know, don't unfollow him on social media. I don't know why that's hard for people. Like, if you don't want to be friends with somebody anymore, unfollow him on social media. They'll get the hint. You know, in today's time, like, that's the way of telling somebody, I don't want to be friends with you anymore, or I'm breaking up with you. And in this case, this is what Richard Jefferson did. He went on social media where he knew everybody was going to see it. Now, what I thought was confusing was he said, unfortunately, I live in Los Angeles, 
So the questions are unavoidable, but hopefully this clears things up. Truth be told, I never liked the guy. He works too hard and makes the rest of us look bad. He's my son's favorite player, and I view that as complete betrayal, how hard I've worked to put a roof over his head. I thought that was the realest part of the entire piece that he wrote, was that his son's favorite player is LeBron, and that's a complete betrayal. What he ultimately meant by that was straight up. Dad, you good, but LeBron's better. How does that? How would that make you feel if your kid told you, like, Dad, I think you're a good NBA player. Yeah, you got a championship, but I just love LeBron more. He has every LeBron sneaker, LeBron posters all in his room, every LeBron video game, LeBron wristbands, for crying out loud, LeBron jerseys. Your dad plays in the NBA. Your dad is a legend, a Hall of Famer at that at this point. And your favorite player is LeBron James? Heck yes, Richard Jefferson's supposed to feel a way about that. So what made him want to post this at this point? What made him want to get online today, Wednesday, a couple days before a free agency happens, to come out publicly and say, you're not friends with LeBron no more? So that's when I knew, okay, he's either trolling and or B, he told us something without telling us, and he's really not friends with LeBron James anymore. Now, again, this is a grown man, so I could care less how you really feel. But at the same time, I understand where he's coming from. Look, this is a grown man we're talking about. Yes, I don't want to be friends with LeBron James. Like he said, to be real with you, I played on your team, but I always saw you as the enemy. I always saw you as the competition, as the competitor. This is what Richard Jefferson is saying. So... When I, when I look at this letter that he ultimately wrote him, I ain't mad at it. He only spent, what, two seasons with the Cavs, he won a title. But Richard Jefferson ain't loyal to LeBron. Richard Jefferson don't have to be loyal to him. Again, he said, to be real, I never liked the guy anyway. I never liked the guy anyway. He works too hard and makes the rest of us look bad. Like, these are, are almost like not shade, but it's almost like he's being honest. He's being truthful. But it's confusing because it's like this it just came out of nowhere, which is why it's becoming more and more clear that LeBron James is coming to L.A., y'all. It just keeps happening. It just his name, Los Angeles, they keep coming together. You can't stay with the Cavs. They have no cap room. They have no cap room whatsoever. They have none. So you can't sign with them because they can't make any more moves. They can't make any thing happen to make the team better. So you can't sign with the Cavs. You can't. The Lakers? Absolutely. You want to know why? Because they got two max cap spaces that they're trying to fill. But see, if you're LeBron, what you're trying to do is, okay, yes, I may want to play with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but does he really want to play with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Do they really want to play with LeBron James? You don't hear a whole lot of players coming out saying, I really want to go play with LeBron James. But now I feel like even though the talk has been LeBron James is going to sign or this is at this point all but a done deal for him to go to the Lakers, I don't think it's a done deal for him to go to the Lakers. And I think there's another team involved as well. Now, what LeBron James is doing, what LeBron James wants ultimately is he wants control of the franchise. He wants control. He wants ultimate control. You think he's going to go to the Lakers and get control? No. By the way, the Lakers have 18 championships. The pressure to win 19 is on the day he steps foot in the door. You think LeBron James is really going to step in the shoes 
behind Kobe Bryant, behind Shaquille O'Neal, Elgin Baylor, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt. You think he's really going to step in those shoes? James Worthy, Michael Cooper, Byron Scott. You think he's really going to step in those shoes? You think he's really going to deliver a championship to L.A.? Now, would he be a nice piece for the Lakers? He would. But where could he go in L.A. without any pressure? The Clippers. Now, I know this sounds far-fetched, and I know this sounds ludicrous, but the Clippers have been quietly making moves. They just traded their coach's son, Austin Rivers, for Marshawn Gortat last night. DeAndre Jordan, if he opts into his contract, finding a trade for him, so he'll be clear off the books. You probably could find a trade for Danilo Gallinari, and or maybe if LeBron ultimately wants to play with him, maybe you could see if he could stay and work that out. If he could get healthy at some point. I mean, have we been waiting on Danilo Gallinari to, to play? I mean, like, what's, what's up with him? This guy's been in the NBA just like a lot of guys, like Chandler Parsons, a lot of them who've been getting deals off of teams and ain't playing no games. The Clippers are making moves. And they're ran by a billionaire owner in Steve Ballmer. Chief Executive Officer for the Microsoft. Know a guy who's willing to spend on free agents. This is a team ran by Doc Rivers, a solid coach, a coach who's won championships, or a championship rather, and or has been two championships, been the finals. A guy that LeBron has always respected. Could you see LeBron James playing for the Clippers? I couldn't, but they have a possibility. I don't think him going to the Lakers is a shoe-in. Sometimes things ain't always a for sure thing until it's a for sure thing. That was what I was taught. Ain't nothing guaranteed. And the Lakers walking around here with the innuendos and the subtweets and the never underestimates. Let's be clear. LeBron ain't beholden to nobody but LeBron and his little camp. That's it. He, even if he do come to the Lakers, it ain't about because he really want to go to the Lakers. It's about the fact that LeBron James sees an opportunity. He sees a lick. He sees that the Los Angeles Lakers is where he ultimately could see him ending himself in his career, his family, movies, commercials, the philanthropy. Like this is the this is the mogul stage for LeBron. The Clippers, just as much as the Lakers, offer him that. He has zero pressure. Zero pressure if he was to go to the Clippers and win a championship. Zero. Who are you following up behind? Who, who are you following up on? Who was the Clippers' best player? Corey Maggette? Who was the Clippers' best player? Sean Livingston? Who was the Clippers' best player? In their franchise, who was the Clippers' best player? LeBron goes and he's easily there, easily over Chris Paul, easily over Blake Griffin, easily over DeAndre Jordan. I look at LeBron going to the Clippers, it's not far-fetched. The Lakers are in a good position to set up and to sign LeBron. But please be clear, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, They'll be in the field. They'll be meeting with these teams. LeBron will probably meet with a couple of teams. But I think LeBron's list is already made. LeBron's clear as to where he's going to play basketball next season. It's going to be in Los Angeles. Now, whether or not it's for the Lakers or the Clippers is yet to be seen at this point. And it wouldn't be unlike LeBron to go to the Clippers. It really wouldn't. Like, everybody wants you to go to the Lakers and him saying, you know what? If I go to the Clippers, would that make me the villain or would they still love me? If he was to go to the Clippers, it wouldn't make them no difference. They're still going to have to be in the conference with the Golden State Warriors, in which they're going to have to face them four times every year. So that means four times he's going to have to see Kevin Durant every year. And do he really want them problems every year, four straight times in the season? I don't know at this point in your career. I don't know. 
So the Lakers is looking like a good pick. But don't be surprised if he was to sign with the Clippers. Atlanta rapper, TV star, and philanthropist T.I. Speaking with Jamel Hill at BET's Genius Talk over the weekend. Spoke out and said that he will be boycotting the NFL this season. Take a listen. I have made a conscious decision not to support the NFL this year. Well, first of all, it's paid patriotism because they're paying the NFL to do the national anthem. So it's not really because you're doing it for the love of country, you're doing it for a check. There's a, a violation of constitutional rights that's being implemented to minority players who choose to have a peaceful, silent protest. Again, let me read you back just a, a brief excerpt of what he said. I think there's a violation of constitutional rights being implemented to minority players who choose to have a peaceful, silent protest. It's really like you want us to just shut up and take whatever is coming to us in our communities, and that's just not acceptable. That's just not acceptable. He's absolutely right. Now, him deciding to boycott this year on the NFL after the NFL coming out with its anthem policy saying, hey, if you decide to take a knee on the field, we're then going to find you. If you do want to take a knee or you do not want to participate in the national anthem, we're asking you to stay in the locker room. That ain't helping the problem. That's only just putting a Band-Aid over it, just saying, okay, just shut up and let's just get back to football. Now, last season, I was on the front line with the NFL protests. I was on the front line because I felt like there were things happening in the league. I felt like Colin Kaepernick was being exiled out of the NFL, and a couple other guys were slowly but surely being exiled out of the NFL for taking a stance on something in which they believed in and something in which they saw that our country especially minorities in this country, are dealing with and are going through. And I took a firm stance. I didn't watch the NFL for some time. For some weeks, I didn't watch the NFL. It was hard to watch the NFL. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, you had a lot of guys signed with different teams, and Colin Kaepernick couldn't get a job. And I was frontline. I was very clear. I made videos. I had talks, discussions about this NFL anthem protest and about how it was not right and about how the players should have the absolute right to stand on the front line and stand up for what they believed in. If it was a player of the opposite race or the opposite color that was standing up for something, would it be wrong for the black player to then look at him or would it be wrong for the black player to say, ah, what you going through ain't nothing, stand up. How would you feel if you was the one that had lost a, a, a grandson or a cousin or a brother to this violence or police brutality and somebody told you, well, what you protesting for don't mean nothing, stand up or shut up and dribble, or shut up and catch the football. How would you feel? And I don't want to put all emphasis on the athletes, just as Michael Bennett said this morning on The Breakfast Club, because it's not all on the athletes. And I think what T.I. is doing by boycotting NFL this year is a personal choice. Last year, I chose to boycott it for a couple games, for a couple weeks, until I felt like the NFL did something right, until I felt like there was a change. Ultimately, they're now they're coming out with this rule so now it, it makes it clear for me. I was like, I understand that the NFL is a business above all and everything. Personal feelings aside, the NFL is a business. They are here to make money. And when you have these sponsors and companies coming out saying, hey, them players on the field taking the knee is impacting my money, such as Papa John's. Now the NFL has an issue. So now the NFL has to then come out and come out with a rule instead of just handling the head on instead of just talking about it, instead of just dealing with it discussing it the nfl just says you know what i'm gonna be the parent it's almost like remember back when you was a kid and your parent it was like a rule that prior to it was not a rule in your house 
at all. But once you broke it, your parents decided to make it a rule. And so this is one of those rules. The NBA has been clear. It's been stated in their CBA that all players are to stand for the national anthem. But the NBA also gives the players more than enough opportunity to speak and to share how they feel. Express yourself. Get it out through social media, through their different platforms. The NBA is very good at that. I wish the NFL would do the same. The NFL would be a lot like the NBA as far as popularity, as far as watch, all that. They just adapted to the times. If they got out of that 1960s mentality, the NFL would be a lot more further. The fact that a man was denied an opportunity, denied a job because of his political views, because of what he saw. T.I.'s coming out saying that him protesting the football it doesn't shock me. It doesn't surprise me. A lot of guys will follow suit and not watch the NFL this year after them. I'm clear. I have personally removed my emotions from the NFL. I understand that at this point the NFL is a business. Now, I'm intrigued to see if the Falcons go to the Super Bowl, will T.I. be at the game? Because if you say you're going to boycott the football, are you going to boycott it for the entire season? Are you going to boycott it for a couple weeks? I chose personally to just boycott it for a couple weeks until I felt like the NFL got back to where I feel like it should be or I feel like guys that were standing were getting enough platforms or were getting enough airtime to say and express how they feel. That was when I started watching the NFL again. But this season... And I can guarantee y'all, it's going to be completely different. I guarantee you, you're going to see a different NFL product on the field this year. You're going to have a different ratings. It's going to be different. Because now we're coming in with this anthem policy. So now what's going to happen? And a lot of teams around the league have a lot of different strong personalities. What if guys do then go on the field and then take a knee? What's going to happen? Are they going to just take the fines? How far are you willing to go? Now we're going to find out which guy really is about it and which guy really isn't. But T.I. saying he wants to boycott the NFL, I have no issue with that. I have no problem with that. And T.I. has slowly but surely taken on this kind of leadership role amongst the hip-hop community. And I ain't mad at him for it. But we talked about a lot today. If you like what you heard today, follow us on Twitter at FromTheJump, F-R-O-M-T-H-A-J-U-M-P. Instagram as well, from the jump. I follow everybody back on there. We have live sports debates, arguments. Also, go find us on Spotify, iTunes. We'll be on Google Play really soon. So take a look. Stay tuned for that. We'll be back at you tomorrow. It's your boy from the jump. We out.